1: And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money. Call Rob 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM,
2: more stimulating talk. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM, show dedicated to your money issues I try to take a fresh approach to everything I can to give you education and infotainment on business and investing in 401ks and saving for retirement. Things that typically sometimes aren't sexy and fun. I've been doing it for 15 plus years. Love what I do. Love what I do. Uh, keeps me young. I get to scour news and corporate earnings reports and analyst phone calls. Uh, it's never a dull day. Every day seems to be a little bit different, ever so slightly. And again, it's all in the name of getting you and me to retirement so that we can enjoy our golden years. Not like on Golden Pond. I don't want to be an old man, Henry Fonda. Don't want to be that guy. I want to be the kind of guy who gives his grandkids you know, $20 bills and his grandkids love and adore them kind of thing. So I don't want to eat cat food. I don't want to be a shut-in. I want to go to Egypt and see the pyramids and kick over dead. That's my retirement. 800-345-5639. What's your retirement? 800-345-5639. Of course, one of the things that I do is I look at the business news for you. I help interpret it for you so it is neither confusing or upsetting. Um, I've managed billions of dollars, and I've lost millions, and I've made millions. So it's it's worthy of noting. I got some experience underneath my belt, so to speak. Now, today, we're seeing the markets... uh, Kind of going through a, a summer doldrum, in my opinion. It's nothing that I'm upset about. It's nothing that shocks me. If I could take the last 15 months and you know summer doldrums along with it, I'd take it. Absolutely. Up comes with a price. Sometimes you have to go sideways. Sometimes you have to go down. So that's important to note. Let's start today with a little headline news. Jobless claims. Dipped last week while private employers added workers in May. That's what's affecting Wall Street. So right out of the gate, you see Dow's down 48. NASDAQ up about one. S&P 500 down about three. Oil's about $73 a barrel. Oil's been moving higher recently, and a lot of people think that's tied towards, we think the employment numbers are going to start looking a little bit better. So it's painfully slow. But the job market recovery is continuing with new government data. Here's Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington. First-timers
0: in the unemployment lines were fewer last week. For the second week in a row, initial claims for benefits falling by the 10,000 economists had expected to 453,000. Still, that's seen as an elevated level, and continuing claims increased when economists had expected them to
2: hold steady. Now, more encouraging news for job seekers out there is the Labor Department says productivity grew at a slower rate in the first quarter. Which basically, analysts says is you know a possible sign that businesses are reaching the limits of their ability to boost output with fewer workers. So when productivity is up four or five percent, it's great for quality of living, standards of living. It's great for employers, but there comes a point where you can only have one person do two, three, four other people's jobs. Uh, you can get some new technology, you can put it into the company, uh, you can replace people, but there comes a point where you do need people. We're still in that world. Elsewhere in headline news, day shoppers spent less on clothing and non-essential items in May. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes gives us that report.
0: Lackluster reports coming in from most retailers for the second month in a row. Among chains reporting revenue declines for stores open one year or more, teen retailer Wet Seal and Stage Stores, the department store chain, and Costco reported a gain, but it wasn't as big as Wall Street had expected.
2: So that's Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington. Also out today was a report from MasterCard's advisors, spending pulse that shows clothing sales at mall-based chains were lower last month. So a couple of things we keep an eye on, jobs and keep an eye on retail sales. We're a consumer-driven economy. So our economy moves up if we, as consumers, spend. That's the basic ideas of it. Um, as far as automobiles, like uh, yesterday we saw automobile numbers out there and I could have told you, I could have broken it down and said Ford was up 14.2% year over year and Toyota was up only 7%. And that's obviously a sign that Toyota is getting hurt from the public images of their their safety recalls. But instead, what I told you was Americans are buying cars and that means we're confident. We're brimming with confidence that, hey, I'm not going to lose my job. Last thing you want, last thing I want is to buy a car and then have it taken away. It's embarrassing, right? Having a repossessed vehicle. So it it shows confidence that you're you're okay and when you have that kind of confidence it it's hits other places sometimes your confidence you feel sexy you and your wife have some sexy time and you make a baby that helps the economy when you and your when you, you when your other are confident you say let's go on vacation and that helps the economy the waiters and the waitresses and the airlines and the taxi drivers so confidence is pretty important to see it's pretty important to to get out there in some way shape and or form so stocks rallied Yesterday, and, you know, yesterday was the better-than-expected housing data, giving, you know, assurance to investors that the U.S. recovery is real. Housing is a big part of our economy. Trading was light yesterday. Investors were out bargain hunting. So light trading means not a lot of conviction. Mood continues right now, you know, that economic data continues to do okay in the United States. We saw that today that May ADB, ADP employer services report came in around 55,000. Now, something that we're starting to figure out right now, and you're just getting better at saying it out loud, is that the private sector is no longer firing people. And, in fact, they're hiring people. Not many, but it's out there. Now, the problem is you keep hearing state deficit this, state deficit that, teachers union this, public employee pension that. And What that basically means is there's going to be more job cuts in the, in the, in the public sector, in the government work. So I don't think our employment numbers are going to get any sort of serious traction. Probably into next year. Probably into next year. We'll get a little bit of movement, but it's, it's, it's what we refer to as glacial. It's at a glacial pace right now. Very, very slow. So today we saw same-store sales come out, and they were kind of mixed. Some winners included Target, Amber Cromery & Fitch, Walgreens, Dillard's, BJ's Wholesales, who doesn't love BJ's, American Eagle, Macy's, Gap, Limited, and The Buckle. Uh, now the buckle was down five percent in sales, so they didn't have a good quarter. Dillard's was down one percent, so they didn't have a good good retail sales number. So, what else is out there as far as important to note? A couple upgrades this morning: KeyCorp got upgraded to outperform. That's a big bank. Um, a big steel company was downgraded and based on um, you know uh, expectations that the world's not roaring. You saw Charles Schwab get a, a little bit of love this morning because people are trading their investments, trading their accounts a little bit more. Today we saw uh, more news out of the Gulf of Mexico, the cutting of the riser 5,000 feet below the surface, 44 days since the leak began. So now we've cut it and it looks like we're going to try to cap it, not we, but British Petroleum. This is turning into a serious issue for President Barack Obama, and he's going down to Louisiana again today in large part. He's going to be down there every week. He has to show leadership or his presidency will question leadership. Again, it could question leadership in a lot of issues. Creating jobs. America can question his leadership in foreign policy. What's happening with Israel? What's happening with North Korea? But uh, right now, the big one is is the oil leak. Is he on top of it? And why haven't we started some sort of crazy mass hysteria, you know, uh, throw everything we can to fix this problem? Why haven't we done that? So Americans are starting to question the president. And he's going to be in Alabama. He's going to be in Louisiana. He's going to be in the Gulf uh, often between now and the next several months. And uh, he has to be. Uh, if not, he's going to have a situation where it's going to be like the Katrina to George Bush, where we questioned his leadership because something that turned out to be much more serious than than just a hurricane. It it was probably, I would say, not the beginning to the end, but any chance that George W. Bush had a, a credible presidency basically ended with Katrina because any chance to be seen as leader was quickly evaporated. Elsewhere, Atlanta president, and this is a Federal Reserve president, so it's a banker, um, Lockhart, he's speaking today, and one of the things that he said, and again, bankers are important to note. He works for the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve decides our monetary policy in the United States, or part of our monetary policy, uh, tied towards interest rates. And you know, what are we going to charge banks? So our government sets the interest rate, and right now it's incredibly low. It's well under 1%. And uh, so it's cheap. It's cheap money. Cheap money enables banks to take more risks. So if the bank's getting the money at 1% and, you know, my producer Heidi opens up a lemonade stand and it's a great lemonade stand and she's figured it all out, you know, chicks in bikinis selling lemonade, um, that's, that's gonna, that's a pretty safe investment in this day and age. But if I come up with this idea of I got this, this thing that's gonna turn straw into gold, well, that 1%, maybe they'll charge her five, 6% because she's got a proven business model. Whereas with me, no one's ever turning straw into gold, so they're going to charge me 8%, 9%, 10%. So the banks can lend more aggressively. They can make more mistakes when the cost of money is low. So that's one of the reasons we pay attention to President Lockhart. Now, President Lockhart he said today that we may need to raise rates even while unemployment's high. He reaffirmed the notion that inflation's not a major concern at this point in time. The Federal Reserve, in theory, what their job is to do is, is fight inflation. So when the economy gets too hot, they slow it down. When the economy gets too slow, they stimulate it. When the economy gets too hot, what they do is raise interest rates, cut banks lending. When the economy gets too slow, they lower interest rates to force banks, not force banks, but create more opportunity for people to you know, lend and, and start some business ideas and, and push the economy that way. So interesting to note, right now, interest rates are incredibly low, and that hurts one group of people, our senior citizens. They who want to get some sort of re- basic return on their money invested at the bank, they're not getting it. So there's no right answers here. There's no right answers. We digest it and we move forward. Uh, Raising interest rates would be considered a bad thing for the market because it'll slow the economy. But we'll pay attention to it. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Call me. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black and your money. 910 a.m. More stimulating talk coming up. Disney meets Facebook.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 910 AM, more stimulating talk.
2: Rob Black and Your Money, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy, don't be shy, I won't bite, sometimes I'll be mean to you but trust me it's all in good fun. It's, uh, we'll get a beer afterwards if you're doing something horrible financially. I may make you look a little bit like a fool in the conversation, but it's all in in the name of helping others. Sometimes it's called tough love. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. If you're out of the area and you're listening to the stream on the internet, it's 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Let's go to Andre in Santa Cruz.
3: Hey, Andrew Rob Black.
2: Hey, how are you, Andre?
3: I'm good. Um, I'm actually, I'm a student currently, and I've had a couple business plans and ideas, but, like, there's, like, no way I'd be able to fund this on my own. Okay. So I was more wondering if, like, there'd be some sort of way to find angel investors or something like that.
2: That's not really my specialty. Um, certainly you're in the right area of the world as one out of five venture capital dollars gets funded into something Silicon Valley oriented. Um, I would start, you know, by uh, by Googling some searches on venture capital and uh, what you're probably looking for is some sort of fair or event where you can present your idea, um, like the 50 best business ideas in Silicon Valley last year. So you'd be looking for something where venture capital will come and see a hundred of you. And you'll pitch your idea and you'll get people to sign non disclosure and non compete issues with you. Um, but that's probably what I would do if I had a new business model and I didn't have the connections as far as uh, you know, deep pocketed people. Okay. Last year, for instance, there's a company called Boxy, B O X E E, and uh, it did one of those Silicon Valley you know, fairs, and it, it was named one of the best of the show. Um, so that got it a lot of venture attention and, uh, boxy was a website. Now they're going to be coming out with a, a hard drive or a, a wireless box that has the software inside of it, probably going to be Linux based. And, uh, you know, one year later, it's, it's amazing how something can go from a great idea to a product that's sellable. What idea do you have Andre? Or, or you don't really want to say,
3: um, it was more along the lines of a sustainable
2: agriculture and power generation. Okay. Um yeah. sounds like you're a smart guy. I would look into some shows where you can kind of uh, do a little show and tell and just start googling venture capital and you know if you've got a great idea go hang out in Palo Alto at any coffee bar and a uh, wealthy guy comes up, you know, start pitching your idea to him. Uh, a lot of deals get done at, at at coffee joints in in Palo Alto. Thanks for the call, okay. Andre. Good luck. 800-345-5639 it's 800-345 Five six three nine to get your calls on the air now. Andre sounds like he's in the under thirty crowd, and you're in the under thirty crowd. You're probably using Facebook. I don't know. It's he, Heidi and I had a conversation yesterday, and Heidi is my beloved producer. Uh, I think we're both thinking about kicking off Facebook sooner than later. I think we're, I'm just. To me, I'm just tired of it. Um, I don't really care that my sister-in-law or my brother's wife yeah the sister-in-law um is playing farmville i don't really need to know that she just got a an award-winning chicken now i'm looking at it right now and uh just i don't know there's there's a voyeur quality that i absolutely love about it but the updates like jacqueline bennett love jacqueline bennett weather girl at cron she's one of my friends but i don't really need to see her and her boyfriend in a a photo booth this doesn't enrich me in any way shape or form What say you, Heidi? I see you put on your headphones for a reason.
4: Well, it's easy to rant about Facebook, right? I think so. Um, It is a huge time monopolizer. Um, I feel like I'm obligated to respond to everybody's stupid little message that they post on my wall. So then it just, it's like, constantly the time you know consuming more time consume it. it's like it feeds on itself you know the more then you know you the more you respond the more people respond back and then you're obligated to respond again and it's this whole vicious cycle that just sucks my time
2: i, I um, disabled my wall i don't even have a wall
4: yeah i i minimized it to some extent but okay. i didn't disable it but you know what i do like though is the idea of the group page which you have which is um less responsibility i think
2: Okay, I'm with you. So we have to figure out the ways that we want to use it going forward. 515 million people use Facebook. Yeah. So easy. I think I want to unplug. Uh, South Park recently did an episode where one of the kids wanted to unplug from it, and he couldn't. And there was also another character who had, he only had one friend in the world on Facebook, and it was the most important thing. So they were trying to show both extremes of how it could be a wonderful thing and how it could be a horrific thing all at the same time. But. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, the other side of that coin is then, you know, you're not on Facebook. You, in so many ways, are completely disconnected from everybody. Um, My husband isn't on Facebook, and he refuses to be on Facebook. Therefore, I am the link to any of our friends that actually communicate. You know, if there's a party coming up, an event, whatever, Uh, I am the only one that knows about it. He will never know about it unless I tell him. Which is, yeah,
2: I'm more with your husband. I I really feel like... I've got a friend, Sarah, who I've known for eight years, and uh, she's got a lovely, lovely daughter, and she posts photos of her daughter. And I like because I don't get an often time to visit her, and it's a great way to catch up. But that's the only thing I could honestly say I've gotten out of Facebook that's positive in the last five years.
4: Well, and I I don't know. I just I don't want to be anybody's link to the outside world. That's too much of a responsibility. Okay, so
2: tell your husband to get his own damn
4: page. I've tried.
2: So anyway, um, let's move forward with this, because there's another angle here that we have yet to see. What Facebook's going to be doing as far as potential goes, for instance, this morning, Disney says they've created what is to believe to be the first of its kind application where allowing Facebook users to buy tickets to Toy Story three without leaving the social networking site and while at the same time prodding their friends to come along. Now, the application called Disney Tickets Together could transform how Hollywood sells movie tickets by combining purchases with the powerful forces of social networking. When you buy a ticket through Disney's application, it's going to alert your Facebook friends and prompt you to invite them to buy tickets of their own. Now, Disney quietly introduced the service on the 26th of May. Um, So far, the Toy Story 3 page has over 732,000 followers. I guess if I were younger and into like vampires, I'd join a vampire page and like a true blood page and it's like, ooh, it's coming up in two days. I, I, I see some applications for it, but damn it, I'm just so private, I just don't I don't really want all that information and in, not just on me, but out there I don't want to know that much information. So a lot of theaters will make will not make tickets available for the film, which was made by Disney's Pixar unit for another week. It's release date is June 18th. So only on Facebook can you get the pre pre pre-release tickets. Early results indicate that people are using the application to buy tickets in groups as large as 80. So basically you and your friends can monopolize the whole theater in theory. You get the idea. The whole idea is no friend gets left behind. Disney tickets together. They've been in development for months. It works with ticket buying sites like Fandango it covers the majority of movie theaters in North America. Facebook receives no percentage of the ticket sales, but it does, in theory, get more visitors on their site. For now, Toy Story 3 tickets are available, and that's it. So, but this is going to be deemed a success. Now, Facebook is approaching 500 million users around the world. I think I saw yesterday 515 million. And they're a crucial marketing tool. Think of it this way. A lot of advertisers spend tons of money, tons of money trying to get your business. And sometimes they don't know if it's a hit or a miss. Radio is sometimes can be a, uh, like this show is a great demographic. It's typically people who have money who are listening. But if we put on a car commercial, you may not need a car right now. One of my favorite bars in San Francisco is a place called Grumpy's. It's just this horrible cellar that's cold and bitter and nasty. But on my Facebook page, if I made it my favorite bar, they might say, and, hey, I'll be at my favorite bar tonight at five. They might give me a free drink because they don't have to advertise They don't have to spend money advertising. They know that I'm going to be there. And I just advertised all my friends that I would be there. So I think we're going to see advertising really morph and turn into a crazy cancer for both good and bad as it changes. So Disney clearly does hundreds of promotional pages um, on the Internet. So this is just this is a small thing. But I think the relationship between businesses and Facebook users is going to get tighter and tighter and tighter as a platform for marketing. What Disney's doing basically moves beyond creating awareness to using the platform to acquire customers directly and sell tickets. That's the thing that's cool about this story is it's advertising, but they're actually doing the transaction during the advertisement. And uh, if you don't see that as powerful, you're, you're missing out. Now, buying movie tickets in advance via the web, it's becoming more and more common, especially in cities where screenings routinely sell out. Most tickets are sold the old fashioned way. People show up at the box office at a point in time and say, hey, I'm going to get a ticket for that. But um, more and more of us who are savvy, we don't want to go to a movie theater only to find out that our movie sold out, only to find out then we have to see a movie that we don't really want to see, and that sucks. So you're going to see more and more people online. Now, uh, Disney, they've had difficulties figuring out their approach to websites. Uh, like Disney.com not as effective as Facebook.com and I don't know and you're just going really so and Disney's got other products like ABC and ESPN so they got to figure this out and I think they will Disney tickets together searching you know a, a big zip code in the Bay Area you know it'll show 88 plus screenings 12 plus theaters the application provides an option for inviting friends and again who you bringing with you it's slick marketing I know I know 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, I'll do a little stock talk. A little stock talk. Um, some of the stories of the day, plus the business of sports. It's Rob Black and Your Money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Than
0: than up. It for I keep the truth from showing.
1: Listening to Rob Black and your money on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Welcome
0: online. She's
2: the kind These holiday shorts and weekends always throw me for a loop-de-loop. So uh, today's Thursday, so it's Kimberly Commando time. Kimberly hosts a show here on 910 a.m. from 1 to 3 on Sunday. She's a digital goddess. And she is a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How are you, Kimberly?
3: I'm terrific, Robert.
2: Can I call you Kimberly?
3: You know, the only person that calls me Kimberly is when she's when uh, my mother is really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's like, Kimberly? I'm like, okay, yes. And I still hear that, you know, I still cringe when that Brooklyn accent comes
2: out. I get called Bob by dentists, and I don't Bob. understand that. Every dentist I've ever had wants to call me Bob.
3: Well, they're trying to that familiarity thing. Okay. To make you feel more comfortable being in their chair. So instead of saying Robert, you know, so Bob, we're going to extract four teeth.
2: And you know, you know what? I want them to call me Mister Black. I like the formality <laughs> of it. So,
3: I like Mister Black. It like, sounds intimidating. It sounds,
2: it sounds sexy, Mister Black. Not yeah. as not as intimidating as Mister Pink, but close. Anyway, <laughs> let's move forward, shall we? Yes. So, Miss Commando. Um, I think one of the big stories this week and last week was, you know, Apple finally passed Microsoft in market cap, and they're they're doing it on multiple sure. levels. Uh, their computers are gaining market share from very small to a little bit more significant. They're doing right. it on iPods and music and movies that you watch. Like they're they're a media tech media powerhouse now.
3: Where's the stock uh, ten times of the value um,
2: from to,
3: ten years ago, something like that? Oh
2: yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been an absolute bust. winner. So It's um,
3: interesting because in the mid-'90s, I don't even know if you remember, people were like, you know, is Apple really going to survive? Because they did have a string of losers there, the Newton. I don't know if you remember that. I remember it. The and then all of a sudden they came out with what? Oh, my gosh, the iPod. <laughs> so
2: it totally was, turned it all around. And it was uh, probably Gil Emilio who basically ruined HP and basically ruined Apple, uh, maybe one of the worst CEOs of all time, being replaced again for the second time by uh, Steve Jobs coming back into the company. So... Uh, pretty big times for them.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the, the Apple. Well, see, first you had the iPad. I mean, the iPod. Right. And then you had the phenomenal success of uh, of the iPhone. But in between that, you had people that had the iPod said, "You know what? This is really truly good stuff. This is easy." And then they started looking at the Macs, and then they realized that the Mac was really great. Um, the iPhone, and now we learn that the iPad was actually developed before the iPhone, but. But we weren't really ready yet for the iPad, or so Apple thought. But when you look at Apple as an organization, it's, it's, a, it's very interesting is that you have very core followers. I mean, think about any other – like think about Pepsi. Pepsi releases a nude soda. Do people stand, out line, stand in line overnight to taste it? No, they don't. But when Apple releases something, and everybody's all excited about June 7th because that's when we're expecting the new iPhone to come out, is that it makes the news. I mean, it truly does uh, set people on fire to say, you know, this is something good. I was in the Apple store yesterday, and as I walked in, I thought to myself, you know what, I have not been in here at any point where it hasn't been crowded. Mm. I mean, versus in Scottsdale, Arizona, we have a Microsoft store. And the Microsoft Store tries to be the Apple Store. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Um, In that they have what they look to be, like, young, hip guys and gals that are all over this technology. And in the Microsoft Store, they they don't wear, like, yesterday in the Apple Store, they all had blue shirts. on. Um, They wear multicolored shirts, so rainbow shirts. So as you look in, like, somebody's wearing a blue shirt, a yellow shirt, a green shirt. But the one time that I was in the Microsoft Store um they had these these microsoft nerds doing the electric slide in the store
2: yep there's and video like, there's video of that on youtube of them practicing
3: oh. i'm like really i mean
2: <laughs> bad attempt bad attempt at being hip
3: yeah it's just they're just not hip okay. um but apple their their products are amazing and they truly are uh and it's interesting because i recently hired a salesperson and she says, "So I hear that you hate Apple products." I said, "You know, no, I don't. I, mean, I love Apple products." She's like, "Well, somewhere on the internet it says you hate Apple products." I'm like, "Do you, do you know, do you believe everything that's online?" I mean, really? I do. Well, that's there's, good for
2: you. Did you hear there's a werewolf in San Francisco? Is it you? I, I don't know, but I read it on the internet, so it must be <laughs> true.
3: But um, but speaking of Max, is that... You know, a lot of people, they buy the Mac because they say that it's easy, and they don't have to worry about any type of malware or badware. But uh, one of the things that happened this past week is not just with Apple overcoming with Microsoft, is that you went to some big sites like CNETs and Mac Updates and Softpedias, and now there was some serious spyware that has made it out in the wild and passed the filters of these software sites that uh, is infecting Mac computers. And so... All these people that have sat there for years, and I've never been one of them, by the way, I just knew it was a matter of time before the bad guys would get a hold of them, the Macs, mm-hmm. is that if you're running your Mac without any antivirus software, there's some free, free utilities. So uh, Clam XAV is one, iAntivirus is another, and it will make sure that you don't get this bad stuff on your Mac.
2: So viruses are starting to hit Mac probably because the volumes of Mac users are up, sure. and, and right. pirates can ar- raid in volume versus raid for specific reasons.
3: Yes, and see, and and they never had a really big market share. It was always like two, three, four, five percent, maybe seven percent. But now that is increasing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of money. Some of these uh, scammers, they they make really believe it or not, they they make about seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars a month.
2: That's stunning. I got I, it, I got it in the wrong career. I should have been a software pirate. <laughs> Arr. Arr. chicks yeah, love pirates.
3: Fun. I got a call on my show from an ex-pirate over the weekend. Really. Yeah, he was in the pokey for a couple of years because he got caught, but he, they didn't want to tell me how much, but he was selling. You know, you've seen the software up on eBay. You can buy Photoshop for 50 bucks. Right. Well, apparently he was peddling that. and I forget. I think he wanted to know what kind of computer he should buy or something like that, but but I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, here's a software pirate asking me <laughs> what kind of computer he should buy. Meanwhile, he's been in jail for two years and everything else.
2: Now, Kim, your second bullet point is damn intriguing. let me just throw it out there so people can hear what – this bullet point that you sent me. It says, life logging comes to cats. (laughs) Life logging comes to cats. Is there a typo here?
3: Are you a cat person?
2: I have a cat and a dog. Okay. I've got Maisie the Wonder Dog and Kit Kat Black.
3: Okay. So Kit Kat. All right. Here's what you have is that they're called life logging gadgets. And it's this box. It contains a camera and accelerometer sensor so you can tell where it's going. Uh, a GPS. And so you put this around the neck of your little kitty cat. And what it does is it monitors everything the cat does, like eating, sleeping, walking, you know, getting rid of hairballs. Um, and then like for example, if your cat is eating, is that this life logging gadget will pick up on it. And then it will go to the cat's Twitter account
2: and it'll say like, "Hmm, this is tasty." Now, what's interesting and, to note about what you're saying is most of our audience is laughing, but this is big business.
3: This well, what's interesting is that this is technology that now, um, you know, of course, your cat's probably going to tweet like, you know, how do you get this thing off my neck, you <laughs> know, right. type of thing. But Microsoft has something called the SenseCam, and by the way, this this is actually the the cat life logging gadget. It's actually being produced by Sony. But Microsoft has something called the SenseCam, and it's kind of a similar idea where you wear it around your neck. And so this way you have a minute-by-minute log of everything that you've done throughout the day. And so you can keep a record of this. They're saying that it's good for um, Alzheimer's patients because this information can be relayed directly to family members via Wi-Fi network. But you also have Mattel, that they have something called Puppy Tweets. Um, and now for cat owners, we have the uh, Sony Life Logging gadget. So
2: <laughs> And if you're a kid, I mean, if you're under 10 years old, you love your animals and you ha- your, your dog or cat has their own website. And there's like a website called Dogster.com that pulls in millions and millions of dollars in advertisements because kids go there and post pictures of their puppies and such. And advertisers love it because they get the kids and they get to sell advertisements, you know, bullet shot into animals.
3: Well, you also have the dailypuppy.com. Of course, don't forget the LOL cats. I mean, animals are big online. What is this? Isn't there a dating service, too?
2: I have no clue, is that my there's space no, for animals
3: it's it's no well yes, yeah, it's but where like you can hook up based upon breed and then you can meet in the park and go for walks and so it's kind of like an online date, I forget what it was called, but there's also then there's also of course an online dating service for pet lovers but um but no, animals are big business
2: okay you're so la- that is go ahead, pardon me, go ahead,
3: I was going to say so that's the Sony life
2: logging. Gadget. I'm going to have to look that up because I almost don't believe you, but I'm going to look it up. Um, and your last bullet point in 10 seconds or less was iPads' real competition. Who is it? China. China. Interesting.
3: They have come out with the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> they have reverse engineered the iPod, right? Okay. And um, totally looks, works, feels like an iPad. And they call it the iPad. And the introductory price is $100. Love it. Love it. So, which means we're going to see that in the States at some point.
2: Thanks very much, Kim. People can learn more about iPods and iPads and life logging for cats and viruses and Macs and basically your digital lifestyle by listening to Kimberly Commando's show. Sundays from 1 to 3 here on 9, 10 a.m. I'm Rob Black, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, i got some stock news that you can use.
1: is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More
2: stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Big story yesterday was AT&T dialing up limits on web data. Today it's on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. So it's a big story. Couple of years, not yeah, a couple of years ago, I guess now a year and a half ago when I got to Clear Channel, there's a wonderful man here named Sebastian Coontz who uh does traffic and, and news for the station. He does a great job, he's so good at what he does. Sometimes he gets on like Nancy Grace. I mean, he's he, I know you're saying Nancy Grace is a sign of greatness, it kind of is. Um, so I know, I know you're saying no, yeah, it actually is. So, anyway, um. He has he had an iPhone a couple of years ago and you know he's like, "Rob, how can me, the ordinary dude, the average guy in the world, and he's anything but average, how can I save for retirement?" And I said the best thing you can do is max out your 401k. He's like, "Well, I don't really have, you know, I kind of am a paycheck to paycheck kind of guy." And I said, "Well, look at your budget." If you don't have a budget, you need a budget. You do? I do. Ricky my boss does. Ricky's a big fan of the New York Yankees and he collects paraphernalia from the Yankees. And he has to have a budget. He can't go out and buy all the paraphernalia that he wants. He needs to know, I need to save X amount of dollars because when I turn 60, I'm going to need to live off my my, my income. Now, he's upper-level management here. And uh, just to give you an idea, uh, his income, this is a pretty stressful job. He could be fired two days from now. Um, My last program manager, he didn't save enough for retirement. And, you know, he got the uh, untimely canning. Uh, we all have to save money for retirement, whether you're upper-level management, whether you're a sugar booger and whose husband's not on Facebook, whether you're an ex-portfolio manager, whoever you are, you need to save for retirement. And to do that, you need to know what your budget is. I know it's not sexy. Trust me, I know what sexy is. And budgeting is not sexy. It's boring. It's hideous. It's nasty. Today, I'm going to go to lunch. And I'll put my lunch on my my corporate express card because I don't want to I don't want to touch from my in my my personal budget. You know, I want to save my money for me. I'll do a business lunch. I'll make a business phone call and then I'll charge it to the company kind of thing. Um, hey, I was working. I was working. So I'm serious about budgets. You can get a budget by going to mint.com in dot com stands for MoneyIntelligence dot com. It'll help you with budgeting. There's a good website as well out there called just thrive.com just thrive.com. And it'll help you with budgeting and savings and investing. Um, I'll do a segment later in the show, you know, investing for dummies, investing for lazy people. And, You know, let's say you're the type of guy who likes to lay on the television, lay down on the couch and watch the television, and flick, flick milk duds at people. One of the best things you could possibly do is to automate your savings and know your budget. So it's a great thing. Now, again, I'm, you're saying, Rob, what's the point with AT&T? well, Sebastian Kuntz, he's got an iPhone, and he uses it. He's got some incredible apps. He's got an app that digitizes and tunes his voice. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I wish I could do that. Um, he's, you know, he spent a buck ninety nine, 99 whatever it is on the app. Um, but AT&T, they did something that all phone carriers are going to kiss them for. They raised prices. They introduced a tiering of data plans. For smartphones, tiered smartphone data pricing is positive for the entire communications industry, as data usage is going to grow from here forward. It's going to provide more consistent and visible long-term revenue growth and expect Verizon and others to implement similar plans. Now, there's news report that Verizon is testing an iPad, which would not be surprising, though they expect AT&T to retain iPhone exclusivity, even if Verizon offers an iPad. So big winner here is going to be Research in Motion, because their smartphones... Don't really consume that much data, but people will assume that they do. Um, so there's a big product cycle there. Now, keep in mind, the new BlackBerry 6 operating system coming out in September, and um, they've got announcements, too, just like Apple's got their new 4.0 software. And again, I, I go back to this with Sebastian Kuntz and maybe I go back there with, with even Heidi and myself. Like, I want to quit Facebook. I want to do less technology. There's a phone out there that's uh, a 1985 cell phone. It's gold-plated and diamond-encrusted. It's bigger than my shoe. I wear a size 12 shoe, and if you look at my shoe, it's huge. It's gigantic. It takes up a living space, so to speak. It's like a small boat. Literally, you could probably fit a Cuban or two children in it and and have them float to safety. Um, I want a phone like that. I want retro because, quite honestly, I'm tired of the data. I'm tired of the emails. I've got a a policy at home that I don't check emails after 6 o'clock. I don't check websites after 6 o'clock because... I want to be normal. I want to have a quiet life. You know, I'll watch some television sports, sure. But I put the phone away at 6 o'clock because I, I just think it's bad for relationships, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, so AT&T doing something that the whole segment loves. And uh, you, me, Heidi, we all have smartphones. If you want to save more money, cut the smartphone. Go with an old-fashioned flip phone or, uh, as Gary Radnich would use, and I'm laughing at you, Gary Radnich, a pay phone. Start using pay phones again. Do you remember pay phones? It's kind of funny. Um, there's a TV show on Smallville, and uh, they're trying to do the mythology of Superman. And 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, we had pay phones that you could actually accept. You, go find a pay phone now. I don't think you could find a pay phone now. So Superman would have to. Uh, where would he undress? See, again, the more things change, the more they actually do change. It's worthy of note. So, Some other news out there in the world of business today. There's a company called Riverbed Technologies. It's a company I kind of like as a trading vehicle. Now, keep in mind, what the hell did he just say? I like it as a trading vehicle. I think some investments are meant to be owned for a long term, like Pepsi. I think some investments are meant to, eh, you hold it for a month, two months, five months, 10 months, whatever, and then you move on. Uh, Riverbed Technologies, the company is poised to benefit from a very healthy pipeline of business around the company's core steelhead appliances and should also see accelerated demand in future other growth areas. Uh, they're moving into Cascade, they're moving into disaster recovery, they're moving into a services platform. Again, they're developing and, and they're kind of broadening their product. This is not a cheap company, this is a growth company. Um, it can bite you. If their growth falters, it's bad. I think they can be acquired by a big company like an IBM. I think they can be acquired by a Hewlett Packard or Cisco. Um, Their applications flow swiftly, and that's part of what it's all about. Company develops hardware and software that improves the performance of applications that are shared over networks. So basically, it can be scaled to fit customers ranging from small businesses to global enterprises. I don't know if you've ever been on a server that was just not quite right with the software you're using. It's frustrating. Like you move your mouse, and then a second later, the mouse moves. Frustrating. This is a company that creates tons of efficiencies. Tons of efficiencies. Now, there's a company that I like called Dolby. Dolby Labs. And this is one that, again, you understand it. The iPad, the iPhone, the iPod, all the different devices out there. The Slate devices, the computers, the video games that you play. Dolby licenses... Basically, they've got patents on music compression technologies and music quality technologies. Uh, today, they got an upgrade to overweight from neutral over at J.P. Morgan. They raised their price target at seventy-seven bucks from seventy-one dollars. This is a company that's pretty small, but has more and more digital devices. And again, AT and T and Verizon—they want more digital devices. They want you to not only have a phone, but they also want you to have a modem as well as maybe a modem card, as well as a, another device that they could sell you know a data plan for. So you're going to see more and more of these proliferate. So Dolby mostly licenses technology to other manufacturers. So they don't do manufacturing. It's a licensing. Now, here's what I like about licensing. It doesn't cost you a lot of money. It's incredibly profitable. If you've got something that other people want, it is incredibly profitable. Now the firm has about 1,600 patents, more than 960 trademarks worldwide. The Dolby digital format has become the de facto audio standard in the world. Its systems equip more screens around the globe. The company has expanded in digital audio compression. It was invented by a company, or most of the patents were created, by a guy named uh, uh, Ray Dolby. And his family basically own a large chunk of the company. He was a physicist, and it's a sound business model. (laughs) I'll be here all week. Uh, Ticker symbol on it is DLB. DLB? It's not... It's not in any way, shape, or form perfect. But it's a good name. It's a really good name. And the best thing you could do as an investor is, is find out what names are out there that are good, find out what names out there are bad, and then be ready. When the market pulls back like it did two weeks ago and it scares your neighbors and the news headlines is, Dow Falls 300, what's wrong? That's when you, that, that little shopping list helps you. That's when that little shopping list of good companies, good names, you say, you know what? Dolby's not going to go out of business. With all these gadgets out there, we want to hear some sort of sound quality. We don't want to hear, you know, kind of an Echo iPod sound. Um, We want something a little bit more. I once did a show called – I did a podcast show where I was pretending to do a podcast on radio. It was pretty hilarious. In large part, two, three, four years ago, podcasts kind of sucked. They were very low-quality audio. But now there's a whole business about making that audio sound better. And anyway, long story short, coming up, I've got headline news right around the corner